Welcome back to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. If you're new to the show, welcome. This is a show that's all about self-care and self-discovery. So when I was in my early 20s, I started practicing yoga and through that process, really learned that I was in fact in control of my life <laughs> and that my choices and my you know priorities were important and worthy of my time. And it was that journey through self-care and self-discovery that really inspired this show. So today you can come here for ideas on ways that you can do that for yourself. I have my absolute besties, my fan favorites, Gina and Meredith, Gina Seer of Past Lives and the Divine and Meredith McCowan of Earthling Astrology on the show. And we're talking about past lives today, everyone. And like, what the heck can you actually do with past life information if you've accessed that through the birth chart or through hypnosis and how you can use it as a part of personal growth? It's one of my favorite topics with truly some of my favorite, favorite people. We are talking in this conversation about the importance of first and foremost, taking breaks, because these two have been on a break this summer. They share their insight into this. How you can work with past lives through hypnosis and through astrology, how those two ways of accessing this information are different, where exactly to look for past lives in the birth chart, what to do once you've found out, okay, like I've had this past life memory, now what? We talk about discovering past lives with your loved ones, you know, maybe finding that through the birth chart or finding them in a hypnosis session and recognizing people in everyday life as well, saying like, no, we've been together before, feeling that immediate familiarity. And then finally, the three of us have a kind of funny conversation about whether or not we've been together in the past before and what brought us together, true manifestation. Before we get to the girlies, your weekly astrology update, my friends, looking ahead to next week on July 17th, the lunar nodes are changing signs. Now, this is one of the bigger deals in astrology when we look at the the whole year, because this only happens about every 18 months and it impacts us on a collective level. We always can apply it to our individual chart and see like, how does this impact me? This is a pretty big shift. So what are the lunar nodes if you're unfamiliar? So the lunar nodes are imaginary points on the moon, and they give us a lot of information when we're talking about the lunar nodes in the now about kind of where we are headed, we're insatiably, insatiably reaching for in the north node. The north node is something that we're all like reaching for. The North Node is always going to be opposite of the South Node. So right now, as of July 17th, that shift will be North Node in Aries and South Node in Libra. So these are always opposite signs of one another. And they give us some information about polarities, about extremes. And when the North Node changes into a sign like Aries, There's a lot of action, a lot of momentum, a lot of forward movement as a part of the collective. Now, I want to pause and just clarify, this is what's happening in the sky right now. In the episode today with Meredith, we talk about the lunar nodes in the birth chart. That's where the lunar nodes were when you were born, your birth chart. So we talk about the south node in the birth chart and how that can be impactful, give us a little information about past lives. I'm not really talking about that right now because that's your birth chart. We're talking about what's happening in the shift in the sky at the moment. So, okay, July 17th, the North Node moves into Aries. Now, this is a big deal because we really do feel sort of this like launching energy as 
the collective makes this change. You might notice an increase in motivation to tackle some of those personal goals, those things that you like have been hovering for a while and now you're like ready to go out and do them. Where the caution is, where this polarity exists, is that we can focus on our personal goals. Aries is the sign of the self. But we also have to remember that there are other people in our life as well, that there's relationships that we have to potentially keep intact while we still reach for our personal goals. It's finding the balance. Libra is about relationships and about harmony and bringing, you know, really this like sense of balance to everyone else. Whereas Aries says, I'm really going to focus on the self. So with this shift, we're being called to go out, find those personal goals, reach for them, you know, find that tackle, that insatiable hunger. North node is really like hungry and still remember that there's so many other people that are helping us, are getting us there as well. And so bringing the balance between the two. If you want to see where this is applied in your particular life, look up Aries and see what house Aries is in, where you might be feeling, you know, a little bit of extra oomph, where you might be feeling that like excitement to go and tackle a personal goal in this particular area of your life. I'll use an example. So my first house, my rising sign is Aries. And so I'm feeling this like excitement around my physical body, wanting to go out and find a new goal um, in health and wellness and fitness. And that's something that like I've kind of been bubbling, but I, when I saw, I'm like, oh, of course this makes total sense. That North node shift into Aries is, is bringing into my physical body because that's my first house. So more to come when we talk about the eclipses in October, but know that this shift into North Node and Aries is going to bring a little bit of motivation in the area of your life where Aries is in your chart. Okay, friends, thanks so much for being here. If you find this content to be really helpful, please share it. Share it with a friend. And if you want to get even deeper into self-care and self-discovery, I would love to work together, whether that be with an introductory birth chart reading or perhaps diving a little deeper into your personal health and your self-care goals through health coaching. Check out the show notes for more information on how we can work together. And always, thank you so much for being here. Let's get to this conversation with Meredith and Gina. Dear friends, Meredith, Gina, it has been, has it been a year? I think it's been a while since you two have been back on the show. Thanks for coming. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. I can't wait. I know. Let's start with just listeners that maybe don't know you yet, even though I know a lot of them do. Can you tell who you are? Talk a little bit about your work. Um, Meredith, let's start with you because you're right in the middle. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My name is Meredith McCowan. I own Earthling Astrology. I'm currently on sabbatical, but when I'm not, I offer astrology readings, live events, classes on a platform called Learn It Live, and I have been doing this since 2017. And we met via the internets doing a little like yoga, like workshop with astrology. It was destined. It was like peak pandemic. And I don't even feel like you were full celeb status yet, Meredith. You were like just starting, right? <laughs> yeah. I I mean, it, with all businesses, it took me about three years and I didn't leave my corporate career till 2019. So yeah, it's been a journey. It's been an adventure, but I am so grateful for meeting both of you and that our you know paths crossed. And I'm excited uh, once I'm back from my break to jump back in, hopefully more evolved, um, more healed myself to bring uh, more magic to people's lives using this craft. Mm-hmm. Totally. Love it. Gina, let's hear about it. I am Gina Sear, um, worldwide on the internet, Past Lives in the Divine podcast. 
uh, I am a hypnotist. It's one of the many things I do in my life. <laughs> and with hypnosis, I guide clients to past lives and I guide them to other spiritual spaces so they can connect with their higher self, their authentic self, their spirit guides, past lives, all for healing and just feeling better in this life. So I've been doing this since uh, 2018. I'm like right at the five-year mark, which is wild. I can't believe it. Um, and then before that, I was actually a client of past life regression for like five years before that. And then I was quitting my more corporate gig and was like, I don't know what I want to do. And hypnosis was the only thing I was interested in. So with that, I have a podcast. So if you're interested in that, go there. I suggest people start with episode three, Anatomy of a Past Life Regression. And then I also have an annual membership where we meet a couple times a month. We do hypnotic journeys. We talk about all this woo-woo stuff. And then I have the hypnotic arts training, and I co-lead that with Sarah Leverett. And so if you're someone who's interested in leading these kinds of sessions, past life regression, spirit guide session, life in between lives, entity removal, shadow work, and so much more, uh, we teach all that in the hypnotic arts training. Oh, that's so exciting. And Sarah Leverett is also a, you know, celeb on the Yoga Magic show. Yeah. So people <laughs> obviously know her. And that is – I've had a number of listeners say that they did um, they did the last training with you guys. That's so cool. Small little world. Good. Yeah. It's, it is some sweet, sweet stuff. Like I can't even believe I like work as much as I do. <laughs> Saying something. <laughs> that actually – that leads to my first question, Gina. Like – and I want to ask this of you too, Meredith, having both really made some big career changes, like right now, true answer, do you feel like you've landed in the right spot making such a big change? Like, do you like what you do? Yeah. Yes. That's so and encouraging. Gina, I don't know if you feel this way. It's like my work is play. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not, it's not the same quote unquote work that I was doing in cubicle land. Uh, and it's constantly evolving. Um, so yeah. constantly, like since 2017, 2018, 2019, you get better at your craft, you know, learn who you can collaborate with, learn what works, what doesn't. And yes, I want to do astrology, uh, but the way I work with it probably will constantly evolve. And Gina, I'm assuming in hypnosis, you get yeah. better, you evolve. So it's not the same thing you were doing when you started in 2018. Does that make sense? Completely. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, I would not give it up for anything. Entrepreneurship for me has been solidly, like, officially in my life since 2009, but I've always had a side hustle even in college. Like, 2002 was, like, my first official. Like, I have a job, but I also do this on the side, and I'm working for myself. And I – it's just how I have to work. Like, I literally cannot work. I can want to do something. If someone was telling me to do the job I'm doing now, I'd be like, no fuck off. I'm doing something else. So <laughs> I'm also like a little dysfunctional in that way. Uh, I'm only most happy when I'm like in charge of what I want to do and what I am doing. Even if I'm like, I don't want to do this, but if I'm making myself do it, I feel way more into it. So for me, anytime I make a move as an entrepreneur, I'm always just getting more and more close, closer to my authentic self and like, what I truly want in this moment and in my future. And yeah, Meredith, hell yeah, it's always evolving. Like always. Summers mm -hmm. for me, I take off the podcast. I don't do clients. It's like just kinship, my membership and just hypnotic arts. And that's a big thing of what I do in the summer is like ideate 
for the next year of like, where do I want to go? What do I love? What am I not in love with anymore? What do people want? What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that po- that is so fun for me, like that creativity. It can feel like a heavy lift a lot, but like that's, I would never give that up ever. Meredith, do you feel the same? Like as it's evolved, like are you still, you're taking a break, so that's a good thing. But what do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I love what Gina said. And my break has been interesting because astrology is my jam, as you both know, like that I'm such a science minded person. And part of my break is to continue to do my shadow work and move through layers of what I call density, um, kind of like tougher energy. But I also want to tune into more of my psychic and intuitive gifts. Um, that's what this kind of full stop a piece of it, yes. I think, is about for me which is very difficult for me because I have a very busy, active mind. Um, and yeah, just kind of peeling back the layers of myself to find out what I can bring to the table once I get back to work and once I get back to connecting with people and the magic inside of them. If I can peel back more onion layers of myself to find that magic inside of myself and learn to trust it more, I think that's what will be happening when I return. Mm. So... You two are so, you really inspire me to take those moments of rest. Having done that, you're really in it right now. Do you, is that like, first, is that kind of scary? (laughs) And second of all, like, it sounds like it is kind of necessary. Would you say that's true? I thought about this for a long time. So I'm a Capricorn wire to work. I have had responsibility since I was two or three, always trying to like take care of things and people. And the last month or so, all I've had to do is like feed and clothe myself. And it's like a complete Mm -hmm. ego deconstruction. And it was very difficult to stop. And it took me about two weeks to kind of settle in. I was a nutcase for like two weeks. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. I'm taking a break. And it honestly hasn't been all that pleasant. Um, But what I want to do is help normalize these breaks, especially United States culture. We don't have sabbaticals are actually frowned upon. And I've actually talked to people that used to think like me, got very judgy about people that took breaks like, oh, come on, work as hard as the rest of us. And there's Mm -hmm. something so important about just doing a full stop. And I'm still in this learning process. (laughs) I am not an expert at sabbaticals. I'm on week five. Um, of the first break I've ever taken in my life. So again, I'm learning as I go, but I think it's so important to rest and to learn and settle into being like a human being instead of a human doing. That first two Mm. weeks, I was still trying to do stuff. And now I'm like, all I need to do is put on clothes and put food in my body today. That sounds easy, but it was like hard. (laughs) Yeah. So hard. Yeah. Do you know what about you? Yeah, that's that internalized capitalism, <laughs> also known as Capricornism, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yep, or science. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so the idea of rest and taking a break, I in 2012, quit my corporate job to the extent where it was like, I was working for myself. Like that was the bulk of my income. And it took me so long to realize what a terrible boss I was to myself. Like I worked (laughs) seven days a week. It was never good enough. I should always do more. I'm someone who gets a ton of ideas, which I'm really, really thankful for. Um, But the pressure to like act on every idea and like execute all these things. I just like demolished myself. Uh, And I got to a point where it was like, I was just totally burned out, burned out on my work. My body was like, just not getting stronger. And I'm someone who's always worked out. And I was like, actually getting weaker. 
Anyway, I started working with an acupuncturist and she was like, you got to just stop. Like you have to take a break in the afternoon, no more working on the weekends. Like she was the first one that really put into my brain, like it's not about productivity. We lose energy and time in so many ways that we're unaware of that like lead to burnout. And so that was like the first time and that was in 2015. So I have been literally working on rest and not feeling guilty about rest for, I don't know, eight years or something ridiculous. Um, And it has not taken me eight years. I'm really good at it now. I have zero guilt if I need to take a nap in the afternoon, which is pretty rare, but I have zero guilt about using my afternoons to work. I just am someone who I, when I'm at work doing the work, I'm at work doing the work, but I'm an entrepreneur. I run this business. No one's going to strategize, but me, no one's going to survey what people want, but me, no one's going to come up with an idea for this business, but me. And in order to do that, I need time outside, free time to think I can't be overscheduled. I have to have time to like pause and reflect on my day. And so even though it looks like rest to me, um, it's like fuel for for mm-hmm. actually like moving forward. And if I never took a break from the podcast, I would have quit that thing so long ago. Mm-hmm. Like I yes. I would have. Um, and if I wouldn't be able to take breaks from seeing clients, I would I would have burned out already. So yeah, it's actually the thing that like really keeps me moving forward and keeps me happy in the job. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we're actually bringing bringing this up because. Of course, per the usual with us, like <laughs> we have so many things we can talk about. But I have experienced this. Like I, okay, I was like, I'm gonna take a month off from the show and get this like really like do kind of what you're describing, Gina, and you, you too, Meredith. Like thinking about what's ahead and like what are my gifts and how can I work on these things and like we just got slammed with illness for a month straight, and so it was it was not a rest. It was like a go 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 go. Mm. So now on the flip side. We're starting to, or I say we as in like my family unit, but like I am not as inundated with with constant go and I am anxious as fuck. I'm so anxious. Like to be in a moment of stillness and rest has been so much harder than I could remember. And even in maternity leave, like that's just not rest. And so it's like – this moment of rest is really tough. And I'm so glad that like you guys are essentially saying like you forced yourself to do it because it makes you stronger because we think of it as like laziness somehow Mm -hmm. in our culture. And it's literally the opposite. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that what I, maybe Ashley, this is making, will make sense to you. It's like you spent, all of us spent so much time in fight or flight. And being the mom of three young girls with illness, like you're this in fight or flight mode. And what I can it to is like at this house that I'm staying in right now, there's a faucet that doesn't turn off immediately when you like screw it tight. So it's like, even if you turn everything off, like your anxiety is still running, you know, it's like, it almost like has to catch up and move through your body. That fight or flight, it does not, that fight or flight response. I don't think can like, you can snap your fingers. Like I'm done. I have nothing to do. Like your body is still like processing that energy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does. Yes. And I think it like subsides after some time of like mm-hmm. being with it. Would you agree? 
Okay. And it's not comfortable. <laughs> and like, you mm-hmm. want to do more mm-hmm. stuff. You want like, I want to do more stuff to not face this anxiety that is, is yeah. surfacing. Yeah. yeah. Something that this reminds me of, I'm a total fucking book nerd. I read probably like almost 100 books a year. But uh, there's this book called Burnout by Emily and Amelia yes, Nagoski. That's book. such a good book about like completing that process. And it really illuminated for me why exercise or just moving my body is so mm-hmm. important. And I will even have people say to me, it's like you're running from something. And it's like, I... Yeah. Like I'm a sensitive person. I feel a lot and it feels good to move my body and get it out. So it's like, however you complete that process for your own body, whether it's Mm -hmm. a nap or a workout or something else or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that book so much. There's a, an interview too, for listeners. Um, if you don't want to like get the full book, the two, the sisters that wrote it did an interview with Brene Brown and it's just like a really good, Um, culmination of that book. But there's like all these different ways that we can essentially end this cycle of stress that we don't even realize like we're still in. Like we can't control our stress serves. We can't control the fact that like rest is needed and we that's just true, right? But we can control the stress by completing the cycle. So highly, highly recommend that book for sure. Do you really read 100 books, Gina? That's amazing. I thought I read a lot at like 50. (laughs) Mm, it's probably it's probably actually yeah it fluctuates between like 50 and 100 that's amazing and honestly the biggest drag on it is like how many podcasts am I listening to (laughs) right (laughs) so much content (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, okay well I want to talk about past lives today because you two are both very immersed in this in different ways I've learned so much about myself through my own shadow work journey through both of you. And, you know, I just think past lives is something that people cannot get enough of because it is so out of our like day to day, at least my day to day. Um, So let's start with you, Gina. Just can you talk a little about your work with past lives? Give us the highlight reel and then we'll talk about how it works in the birth chart because I know, Meredith, that's something you're so, you're so, you know, versed in. Yeah. So I use hypnosis to help people access their past lives. So a lot of times people might think I'm giving past life readings, telling you what you did in a past life, and that's not what I'm doing. I am creating a space and allowing you to go on a journey. It feels a lot like guided meditation, but then we end up in a past life. And um, it's through that hypnotic trance that we can actually access the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind in my world is so important because it holds every memory of everything that's ever happened to you. And if you're a weird little duck like me and you believe in reincarnation, then that would include every past life and every life in between lives. So we use hypnosis to sink into a really, really deep state of relaxation so we can access those subconscious memories, which are way more subtle, hidden. But if we calm the mind, quiet the conscious mind, we can access that information. When we access that information, we can start to see or understand how like outdated beliefs or fears are running our life today. And sometimes just by experiencing a past life, remembering a past life, you can be like, oh, I have that fear today. I don't even need that fear. And it's like that, like Mm, you're done. You don't even need that fear anymore. You don't make decisions with that fear anymore. And that happens because we're in the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind like keeps us safe and it harbors our beliefs and our values. And that's kind of comes out in the decisions we make and the things we say and all of that stuff. Um, 
So we access that in the subconscious mind. Are we accessing past lives? I personally kind of think it's all happening at once. So for me, a more descriptive term would be like other lives. And then is it my past life? Is it someone else's past life? I... I don't know. I I've experienced more past lives than anyone I know. I think I'm I'm like well over 40 at this point and some of them feel really really impactful and some of them feel maybe not so impactful or like mm-hmm. experiential in my body in the memory of it. And it's like I don't know, maybe some of them are mine. Maybe I'm accessing the Akashic records or the collective consciousness and pulling out lives that I need in that moment to like help me heal or release something or, you know, acquire a new perspective or a a new way of seeing things. Um, Yeah, it really kind of, it's like, what are we doing? And then also, if you don't believe in past lives, if you don't believe in reincarnation, some people say it's just like a brain spitting out a metaphor that you read right now. And oh my God, if we are making up these experiences, I am even more impressed (laughs) with humans. (laughs) Like honestly, it's more impressive if I'm making that shit up as opposed to if I am like astrally traveling, (laughs) accessing these memories from a past life or the life in between lives. It's pretty wild. So that's, that's how I do that. Hmm. I love your perspective on it because it really does. It, there's so much inclusivity as a part of that experience. Like when I came to you for the very first time, like I did not. I felt very like sinful is the word. <laughs> thinking about like <laughs> yes. thinking about a past life. Like oh my gosh, that's not a Christian belief. Like I'm. This is really not okay. And like obviously, like it expanded my mind. The other thing that I that I loved about that experience, and I'll link a ton of these episodes, friends. Like I've I've revisited past life regressions that I've done with Gina, um, on on her show. But one specific was like a fear that I didn't even know I really really had was that I was really afraid to be at home alone. Like my husband would be gone for a long time, and I would be home alone. I was I would get really scared, and for whatever reason, after a past life regression that we had done, it was kind of an un- uneventful one. It wasn't even a big deal one. I stopped being afraid. It just went away. And I haven't since then. And I'm like, oh, cool. Thank you. Don't know how that (laughs) happened, but like it just stopped. So it's so cool. Yeah, it's amazing the fears we can lift off of us um, in these experiences and fears that we don't even realize are affecting our daily experience, like being being afraid. Because I had that. I used to have that too, where it was like I was just very uneasy being at home alone, Mm -hmm. especially like at night. At night. No more. Meredith, you have a totally different perspective, but also like the same. Can you talk about like how past lives work into astrology? Sure. And it was not my plan to be a past life astrologer. That was like not kind of anything I was um, wanting to do when I first got into astrology, because that's not the first thing you learn when you start to learn astrology, you know, know, the houses, planets, all that kind of stuff. And then I actually had my first past life hypnosis. Um, in 2012. 2012 was a big year for a lot of people, I think. And I had no clue about astrology in 2012. And that actually kind of cemented my path to start looking at the past life symbolism in the birth chart. Because when I pulled in my lifetimes in 2012, and when I started studying astrology in 2013, 2014, those past lives I pulled in matched up to my birth chart. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And that kind of made me get more curious. And I do believe, I've always believed this since I was like three, that some of our fears, some of our kind of like um, ego construct transcends this lifetime. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Um, You know, you know, babies come in, you know, Ashley, like they come in little packages and you're like, okay, um, there's something that you know that I didn't teach you. 
kind of stuff, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And with astrology, uh, if you choose to come to see me or another past life astrologer for a reading, I can't tell you who you were. If you were George Washington or Cleopatra, I don't know that. I'm only reading the symbols. But what I love about astrology is it'll show you the stuff that you've been kind of stuck on learning or, you know, kind of evolving from in past lifetimes. But astrology will also show you kind of the future path out of that, mm-hmm. um, out of that karmic loop or whatever you want to call it. And that when I started studying the symbolism for like the future, that clicked with me too. Cause I, you, everyone knows kind of what they have to work on <laughs> or what they wish was easier for them. Like you see a person public speaking. I always wanted to be, you know, a public speaker that I wanted that to come easier for me. And it has, and that's actually written in my birth chart. I was supposed to get more confident, brave, you know, be more comfortable being seen. Um, so when I saw that on my own birth chart, knowing that before I knew astrology, I'm like, okay, there's something here. So um, again, past lives in the birth chart are written mainly in the south node. That's where you're going to want to start. And then every past life astrology or, or evolutionary astrologer, same thing, will build upon kind of their own, like I did, like my own experience uh, with my clients to see what they want to look at to map out past lives. Uh, I don't like to, again, to get stuck on the past lives because, again, everyone knows kind of what they have to work on. And I might spend more actually like, okay, what's the path out of this karmic loop you've been stuck in? Um, But fascinating stuff. And my favorite thing is when somebody comes with plenty of past life stories they've had in hypnosis. This is why Gina and my work like lines up so, so well. Um, And before I even go into their symbolism, they'll tell me a life that came up in a hypnosis. And I'll be like, my eyes will just be like, oh, my God, like they can't make this up because they don't understand astrology. But what they're saying lines up with their birth chart. And I'm getting goosebumps as I say this. Or now I'm calling them (laughs) the truth tingles, like so goosebumpy. And that is now my my body is saying there, there's a, a truth to this. There's truth that we can't necessarily understand or even have language for. So I'm a nut about past lives. And I agree with Gina. Our human brains maybe can't comprehend a reality without time. <laughs> but I agree. They're right. all kind of happening in this big eternal now. Um, and whether they are our own past lives or we've downloaded another past life, kind of like a matrix kind of thing, in order to help us through this lifetime, Nobody knows. (laughs) I mean, I love the three of us because like we love this stuff, but really we don't know. Uh, And we're all just seekers. We want healing. We want answers. We want peace. And for me, astrology and past life hypnosis and Ashley's work of self-care is just another stepping stone for that inner peace. Mm -hmm. Can you, you said the South node, Meredith, Mm -hmm. for listeners that are looking at their birth charts, like I, this is pretty advanced astrology. It's not really something that I feel like people could just look at and be like, here is this. But what is it in relationship to the South Node that you're looking at? Are there other markers that you can pull out um, that somebody who is maybe more studied in astrology would look at? Sure. Um, I always say the South Nodes in your birth chart, if you have a free app you've downloaded or online pulled your chart, they look like horseshoes. And they're always opposite each other. The south node points down. It looks like a downward facing horseshoe. And the north node, your future points up. I also look at typically Saturn in the birth chart. Saturn is old man Saturn. Saturn is the planet of lessons. What lessons has your soul kind of like signed up to learn and kind of like move up the food chain from? And I also look at Chiron. And of course, I will look at any Mm -hmm. planet or point that is what's called an aspect to your nodes. And the aspects are, you know, they could be 60 degrees away from a node, 90 degrees, uh, 120. They all represent different things. 
Uh, but again, I will always focus on the nodes first and build upon a past life session from there. So Gina, our worlds, the three of us, Sarah is a past life regressionist as well. Like we get to dabble in all of them. Do you ever have listeners or clients that have seen their birth charts that can come in and kind of like know what's in a past life or from any other work that they've done where they like might know what's coming? So the they don't share it with me usually before. Like if someone knows a past life is coming and they share it with me, it's usually like I've been dreaming about this for the last mm. month or my whole life. Um, but I have had multiple clients say that they do a past life regression with me. And then even some of them later that day have a session with Meredith. <laughs> I mean, it does happen like a lot. That yeah. I'm like, I just love that. That's the day you set up for yourself. Yep, like, we're just self-care because day. of that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll see Meredith like, you know, a few days later or a week later or something like that. And they will circle back and be like, whoa. I mean, just exactly what you said, Meredith. Like they tell you you know, I have this experience and then you share like what's in their chart and they're just like mind blown. My mind is blown uh, too. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. It's wild <laughs> yeah. to me. It's wild to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then my follow-up question is like, what do we do with this information? Like I know what I've done with it. It's healed a lot, but like if somebody has never thought about a past life or accessing information that can ultimately help them, like what do they do with that? I'll, I'll hit this question <laughs> first. Um, okay, so there's so much that we can do when we're learning from a past life. And I think of it like, imagine the different experience if I told you what it's like to run 100 miles up a mountain. And then imagine the experience that would be in your body if you ran 100 miles up a mountain. Like it's one thing to hear the story and it's one thing to experience the story. So when we experience a past life in hypnosis, we are experiencing it. So it can be a great way to like, uh, some people describe it as like walk a mile in someone else's shoes, like getting a different perspective. I've had clients where they have like parent issues, like a parent abandoned them and they'll go into a past life where they were the parent who abandoned a child and not even like similar, but just like, you know, even old timey medieval stuff where, mm -hmm. where they're offered like a new perspective. And it's never about like, oh, you picked this pain or you deserve this. And it's more so like a real live glimpse, but it's like a whole body experience of like, I could never possibly know why someone did this to me or abandoned me in this case, but I'm not going to do it to my kids or I'm not going to show up like that in my life. So it can be this like illuminating thing where we can like get the bigger picture, realize it's not our fault, which is fucking huge. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. actually take that with us and to be like, I know what it feels like to abandon someone and I'm never going to do it again. I've had people come in, women come in who are pregnant with their first child and they're like mm -hmm. terrified they're going to be a terrible mother, mm -hmm. whether they didn't have a mom or their mom was not great to them. Um, and spontaneously, or sometimes people will actually set the intention to like experience a past life. And I always encourage a client to set an intention, not necessarily like I'm going to experience a past life where I was a good mom. 
And instead, I'm going to experience a past life. That's the intention for the session that will help you be a great mom today, help you have fun being a mom today, help you feel confident being a mom today. Because that could be a past life where you were a mom. It could be a past life where you were an abused kid. It could be a past life where you were a dad or whatever. Um, But it's really like about taking these experiences And again, they're like a full body experience. You feel like you're there Um, and then using that to illuminate going forward. And another thing too, is like sometimes people will feel like, oh, I just have so much fear. I never feel joy. I'm always stressed or anxious. And they'll feel like I'm afraid to see a past life or experience a past life because it must be bad, (laughs) you know? And in that case, I always tell people, if you're afraid, you know, there's many reasons why we shouldn't be in this conversations a lot longer. But one of the things we can do is set an intention to experience a past life that is positive. Mm -hmm. And so if you're someone who's riddled with guilt, anxiety, fear, shame, anger, whatever, but you don't want to go into a past life that's filled with that, you could say, what would I rather feel? You know what I would rather feel instead of feeling all this fear? I would rather feel confidence. I would rather feel trust in myself. I would rather see the goodness in the people around me. And sometimes then we can go into a past life and that's the experience what we have. And it's almost like getting a piece of our soul back that makes us whole and makes us able to like see this different point of view. Um, Something personally for me was like feeling a lot of like self love or feeling a lot of self trust. And um, I feel like we kind of all go through layers of that. Mm -hmm. And the most recent past life regression I had was um, in a swap session this time for the hypnotic arts training. We had an uneven amount of people. So I got to be a client and the hypnotist was very good. She was obviously very nervous (laughs) because she was like, I'm not a hypnotist and I'm hypnotizing you. Um, (laughs) But I saw a past life where uh, people were like looking at me like I was making all the wrong choices. And I in this life as Gina would be very affected by that if I could Mm. feel that from people and it would kind of rattle me. But uh, I don't live like a lot of people live. So that's, you know, creates a lot of fear and tension. Anyways, in this past life, the way I was showing up was literally like, I'm going to fucking show these people. Like they are going to be so surprised and delighted when this turns out perfectly and or turns out good enough or this isn't going to ruin this relationship in this past life. And I feeling that in my body in that session, it's so easy to feel it in my life today. And so now when I'm like, I want this thing, but other people are like worried about it or, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's like, I'm going to show you guys instead of being like, yeah, you're right. I am wrong. I'm always wrong. I don't trust myself. Or should I do this confusion? You know? Um, So yeah, it's a way to like let things go, get a new perspective, or even just like acquire new feelings and ways of being in our Mm -hmm. bodies, in our minds, in our daily life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a session with you specifically to like understand my middle daughter more. She's, I just like, I can't always relate to her as I can with my eldest at the time. I only had two. And like I saw, you know, a few different lives and it was so weird because in the moment it's like, okay, cool. And how, how immensely helpful it was after the fact, it like, it kind of took me by storm. Like, wait, like, of course I understand what you're, where you're coming from in this scenario. And in this scenario, it was like, we, she and I often alternate between like the parent and the child, the parent and the child. And so the dynamic is very different than say me and my eldest, who's like, we have more of like a sisterly bond. So like, just to have that information on like a sort of somatic level was wild. And it's helped me 
to relate to her, to understand her, to hold space for her as a parent. And that's, again, that's just one, one of the many ways that I've used um, a regression as a parent, but there's, there's so many things that we can do. It's wild. Yeah. And I didn't even get into like the relationship piece. Like sometimes we can really not even change the way we show up in a relationship. We can't change anyone else. And so even in a difficult relationship, and maybe it's difficult, it's good, but confusing. Maybe it's difficult because this person's awful, you know, Mm -hmm. but we can gain an understanding about that connection that doesn't change anything between us in this life, except the amount of peace we feel in our heart. And it's like, Mm -hmm. isn't that what we all want anyway? Is like peace. Isn't that why we're doing it? Isn't that why we're saving for the future? Isn't that why we're, you know, everyone wants peace. And so to even to just shift that little bit would completely change your life or change a relationship for sure. Mm -hmm. Meredith, when people do a reading with you and they gather this information, what I mean, do you give them homework? Do you like what do they do with it? No, I love this question. What do you do with it? And my answer is you bring more self-awareness to your to yourself and maybe um you have more compassion for yourself, more compassion for other people. Yeah. Um, when you can kind of step back and this is why I love astrology, it's like it helps you understand things in your mind, but through the heart. Um, so self-awareness, self-improvement, again, a path towards peace and, you know, making better decisions. And how do you make a better decision in your life is like you gather information and you discard the information that doesn't make sense or doesn't resonate for you. Um, and then it kind of also, I find people getting more comfortable being who they are. What I hear a lot is like, how did you get into my head? <laughs> um, and we've all grown up with voices telling us how to act, how to be, how to behave, And when I can just allow someone like, no, you're wired like this and it's okay that you're wired like this, there are other people wired like you. Um, And that might not be the societal norm or your culture's norm, but like it's okay to be you. And just to kind of like accept that about yourself, it's like one more stepping stone to just be okay being your authentic self and knowing that someone outside of themselves got in their quote unquote head is like so validating for people. So it helps them feel seen and feel heard. Um, And that's what astrology can do. Like, what do you do with that? Like, you just have that feeling of connection and someone else in the universe was able to kind of understand you at a deep level. In sessions with you, Meredith, you've been able to kind of tell me like, oh, you've been in a past life with your partner or your kids or like you've pulled out relationships. How? I mean, you don't have to give specifics, but like... Is that a common thing? Do you see that in a lot of people's charts? I do. Um, and the past life connections get wild. And I often say like, this is above yeah. my pay scale. Um, when I le- like see all the symbolism, like, you know, a South node, you your South node is on your partner's or child Saturn. That's huge. That's an old connection in my world. Like you've come back to earth specifically many, many times together. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas other past life connections, you might've been in like neighboring lot or like neighboring cities or something. You didn't have like a super close connection, but I'm sure we've all had people where a person might've been in your life for a month at a time and they changed your life. So I see kind of connections like that, where you circle in real quickly uh, and other connections where you're going to be together forever in this particular lifetime. But yeah, the past life connections between two charts 
so much to say on that. And I, I'm a little out of practice now, but those are so goosebumpy and so tingly. And like you said, Ashley, can help you understand the problems that show up between you and another person because they've actually transcended this lifetime and you've been playing different characters in different roles with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Gina, you see that too, right? People sometimes go looking for others, like, like in past lives. How does yeah. relationship show up? Yeah, I, I'm... I'm the type of, and every hypnotist is different, but I'm the type of hypnotist where if someone came in and they were like, I want to do a past life regression to understand this relationship with my mom, with my dad, with my sister, with my spouse, whatever. uh, I always ask them why and like, why is it good and you want more good? Is it bad and you want a way through it or a way to cope or a way to fix it Mm -hmm. or whatever? And then we go in that way. And oftentimes people will see that person in a past life, but even if they don't, again, just like a new perspective and then showing up in that relationship definitely can be. Um, Another thing that happens, well, that's kind of off on a tangent. I won't go go down there. But um, personally speaking, the like biggest relationship in my life is with my best friend, closest family member slash ex-husband, Alex. And we have had so many past lives together. I never went looking for him. It would always be like kind of a tangent of the memory. And he was always the same energy toward me and the same energy toward me that kind of like nourished me in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And when I experienced those, um, and I've experienced, I think, four lives together that we've had, it really populated why he evoked such emotion in me. I never thought I would get married. I never wanted to partner up with someone. Um, But when I met him, it was just like this very confusing cocktail of like, oh my God, I just want to crawl in your mouth. I want to (laughs) be with you so bad, you know? And it was like just soul shaking to me. You know, I had never had that. And so that can be very scary to someone with my background where like kindness can feel like aggression. And, um, (laughs) and, And so being able to have kind of this other perspective of like the history of our souls and like how we've shown up together and how that cocktail always kind of feels the same helped me actually trust it. And actually, like, relax into it in this life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I would have done that totally if I hadn't had all of those past lives with him. And again, this is, like, spontaneous. I never went looking for him. And actually, one of our most recent past lives, I was an older man and he was a younger man. And I was, like, old curmudgeon, basically, our personalities now. (laughs) I mean, of course, I'm not like that on a podcast, but, like, in my daily life, I am. And I died of a heart attack and he grabbed me and was holding me. And my last thoughts as this like curmudgeonly old man was, I just want to be like this man. And like in this life, he is literally like the best human that I know in terms of being open and accepting and not judgmental. So really having like the stories of these past lives be populated um, unintentionally, just as like an auxiliary benefit to doing hypnosis, really helped me kind of like trust and show up in that energy as opposed to being like 
this feels too good to be true, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and feeling like, oh, I need to really, you know, people please. So I don't lose this good connection. And instead seeing like, oh no, he sees me. Like he even sees the nasty parts of me. And he like actually thinks it's funny or he'll like call me on my bullshit or whatever. Um, And so to be able to really trust that it was like, I had to see like lifetimes, you know, clearly I have trust issues. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) that. Meredith, have you seen like people that you've recognized on a soul level as well? Like, and in, in maybe not even planning it, just you're like, oh my gosh, I like I've, met, I've been with them before or I know them. Like using astrology or just kind of like walking down the street? <laughs> Say you like haven't seen the charts. Like you like pull astrology out of it. Like, do you ever recognize people on a soul level and then potentially like throw in a chart and you're like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I like this question. Yes. I, again, going back to kind of developing my intuition and trusting it more, I call it like the vibe. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of trouble connecting with everyone and everything. This is Gina can relate to this being a South Node Aquarius, uh, through lifetimes, I've always struggled with connection. I feel like an alien on this planet. Like I just have been the weirdo. I've been the outcast. It's just kind of like, that's been my role for a while. And then when I now can like immediately connect to someone and we're like, oh, there's a vibe here. I'm like actually looking them in the eye. (laughs) Um, Like that's cool. And then, yes, I'd like to be a good scientist and confirm (laughs) with the charts that we do have some kind of past (laughs) life connection. Um, But yeah, I've actually seen that with clients when they start talking. I'm like, oh, I've had a past life with this client. (laughs) Um, And I, I don't know if Gina, that's happened to you before, but like I've noticed that a few times. I'm like, oh, wow, we've had some lifetimes together. I'm not sure if we'll ever meet in person in this lifetime, but there's a vibe with this certain client. We've met each other before. Um, I'm feeling that more and more, actually, the more I practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, people in a healer role, I mean, healers, not a great term, but like the work that we do, Mm -hmm. kind of like digging in deep, that sort of thing. I really think that we have been doing this work on some level, whether it was like just something we did for the community or like something that we actually did for work for lifetimes. And so if you think about like how many clients you've had in this lifetime, now times that by however many lifetimes you've been a healer, it's like, oh yeah, like no question in my mind that like, I truly believe if I'm partnering on a project with someone, like we've probably had past life experience together Mm -hmm. and that's not always good. It's not (laughs) always good. Like knowing you've had a past life with someone is not necessarily just like, go for it. It's going to be good. It's like still use discernment, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh, I really do feel that every once in a while though, like I'll have a client or I'll just meet someone on this, you know, anyone. And it's like, whoa, I feel like we've there something about their face or their energy just seems so familiar to me. And, and when that happens, even if it's like a place feels so familiar to me, Um, and I, I don't have like proof in this life that that would be the case. I chalk that up to like past life stuff Mm -hmm. for sure. And what's really interesting in my membership group kinship. So some of these women have been in this group for a couple of years. And so we've been working together, like in these unseen realms, kind of astral traveling together. And it's been so interesting to see them have past life experiences with each other. And just recently a kinship member had this past life regression and she was an orphan and 
her orphan twin sister who were, they were separated at birth. I think if I remember the story correctly, they um, in this life met in the hypnotic arts training and just had this like fireworks moment of like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, I've been searching for you my whole life. And so they had a past life regression each to um, try to figure out what their connection was. And in this past life, Steph, one of the kinship members was uh, said that she was like, meeting a woman who would introduce her or help her find her sister. And this woman came up on like a a kind of like a, I don't know if this is a politically incorrect term. I'm sorry if it is, but like a gypsy wagon or whatever. And in the wagon was like all kinds of like wares and people were back there and I had like tarot cards and stuff and, and, or this woman was actually me in that past life. I have not experienced that past life. And it was like, she was going to see me in that past life because I had all these connections and it was like, I was this collector of lost souls. So like all kinds of orphans. And she was saying in the past life regression, she's like, there's Claudia and there's Jen and there's, and she was just like, naming all of these kinship members who we, you know, it's like just like any other group, the live meetings, you know, maybe half the people show up. So it's like these 12, 15 kinship members where she was like, you were there and you were a baby and you were there and you were like our security guard and you were there. And it was just like so fun to hear. And it's like, when I hear that, when people are like, oh, I felt you in this past life, which is actually kind of rare, or at least that I hear about it. Like that felt really, really true. Like, oh yeah, fuck. I feel like like I've been doing that job for a while. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's cool. Oh, wow. So I guess when we were, before we started recording, I was curious to know if you guys thought that like, have we been together, the three of us before? And I'll, I'll let you answer before I give my take on it, but it sounds like maybe you do, Gina, if we're all working together, this may not be our first time. What do you think? Yeah, I I definitely think so. Um, I felt more of like a past life connection spark with you, Ashley. But I think that was sometimes I think where I'm introduced to someone that spark might be bigger. Like mm-hmm. Meredith, I was introduced to you through Ashley mm-hmm. at an astrology yoga event. So right. to me, it's like we're already kind of in that realm. So the spark might not be as like blatant where you and I, Ashley, were at some like corporate communication Like in an workshop. HR event. Like, <laughs> where it's like, you know, you feel someone from your like soul connection in that environment. I feel like it just stands out more. But I definitely felt that like spark of, sometimes it's a spark of familiarity. That's what it was yeah. with you, Ashley. And it's something about like the twinkle in your eye and something about the way you smile. Um, mm. It's like, feels really, really familiar. And then Meredith, the way you work, how you work, like when I hear how you work in your Capricorn nature is very different from me. And, and for me, the signal is typically inside of me, not in a non, not like in a judgy way, but I normally kind of repel against that because I'm not like workaholic. I'm not like that anymore. Um, But for you, Meredith, it was like, even the things where I was like, oh, that doesn't resonate with me. It was like, I was still leaning toward you Mm. and still interested Mm. in your work, almost like unexplainably, but then like, you know, two seconds in, it was like, you were talking about past lives and the astrology chart. And I was like, "Ah, this woman is, (laughs) we're going to be in each other's lives. That's so funny (laughs) because, right, Ashley Cole called me in early 2020. And I think I had like sworn off collaborations or had like some kind of like bad 
um, or things that didn't go so well, but there's something about Ashley's voice. And that's my intuition there. I'm like, there's something about this woman. And I said, yes, <laughs> to the event, not knowing Ashley, not knowing her at all. And the event and ended up being canceled because of the stuff. Um, but Ashley and I like just had this vibe. So I felt that with Ashley, not ever meeting her in person. And then Gina, this is funny that you kind of mentioned this already. I remember reading for you and I remember your face and I don't remember readings very well. And I just remember your facial reaction, Gina, to what I was saying. And there was another like a sparkle in your eye or like your mind was being blown or something. And I was like, Ooh, I feel like Jane and I are going to stay in touch. And we are on the same wavelength of some kind. And I told you before we started recording, I will eventually sit down and look at our three charts and map them out. That's going to be a couple hour adventure, but I, it's something I do want to do. And maybe we can circle back whenever I get that done and do another episode about what I find. Um, because two charts is hard enough, but when I put three in the mix, like that's when my brain starts to melt. So, um, but yeah, I would love to kind of maybe do another episode later in the future to confirm or deny what we've got going, the chart connections between us with past lives. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool. I think what for listeners that like are interested in one manifestation and two, like making choices in their life that ultimately like continue to lead them down the right path is sometimes when we have our mindset on something, like in my case, it was a career change. It was a career change that I did not even know what it looked like mm-hmm. yet. The, the people that show up in our life are the ones that will help us course correct. Mm-hmm. And we are essentially, we're manifesting people, but we don't always really realize it until they're there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was, Gina, you and I met at this event that was not related to anything that I'm doing now, you were doing at the time. It led down a path of like, okay, now I'm going to do some like really cool spiritual work, some woo, little yoga, bring in the astrology. And Meredith entered the picture. And like, Again, did I have was I manifesting you got you two specifically? No way. It was more that like I I was manifesting this connection and this career path and this openness and this curiosity and like people with that same familiarity came into my worldview and continued to help me down that path. And I just I think that that's not coincidence. So there's it's very clear to me that the people that are show up in these big, meaningful ways we've been with before so that it can feel good and it can feel safe and we can go further down that path. And I just, I think it's so cool that like, you don't even know what's coming next. Like we just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I love, and I love that idea of like what we're really manifesting is like connections Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and people or whatever. Um, And I, yeah, that is such a cool way to look at it. Another friend had described it as like showing up for your divine appointments on time. When you're chasing your joy, when you're listening, when you're paying attention, you will show up on time for all of these these connections. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like it worked for us. Mm-hmm. Like there we are. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. I see that in my own life for sure. Yeah. Ah. You guys, I love it. I feel like we could just, yeah, let's, Meredith, I don't want to put you down like a three hour hole. <laughs> oh no, it's a rainy day. I'm good. I got no time limit, nor to be today. No, it's, <laughs> we'll revisit. We'll revisit once you've seen the chart sometime. And yeah, that's yes, such let's a, do like, it. an interesting concept. I love it. I want listeners again, because I, I know there are a lot of new listeners and people that really just haven't gotten these amazing moments with you two yet. Can you share with listeners how they can work with you? Meredith, do you want to start? 
Sure. So right now, since I'm on sabbatical, you can go to my website and get on my wait list, which I recommend doing. It's growing by the day. So go to reading request and, you know, look at my calendar and open that up and a join wait list button will appear. And you'll be the first to be notified once I'm back um, doing sessions. And you can find that at earthlingastrology.com. No spaces, no dashes, anything like that. Um, and then once I'm back up, I will do a public announcement with a newsletter, social media, all that jam. And then my calendar will be open the rest of 2023, probably starting around mid-August 2023. Awesome. Cool. You can find all my stuff at pastlivesinthedivine.com. I am not taking clients this summer, but I'll be opening up my fall schedule and I'll be sending an email to everybody, just like Meredith, if you go to my scheduling, if you go to my website and schedule an appointment with me, <clears throat> you can just get on an email list and I will send you the scheduling link when it's open. Um, and that'll be for fall this year. And that's kind of the case. I like pulse my clients where it's like schedules open, schedules closed, schedules open, schedules closed. And really the summer is kind of when I take my time off. So whenever you're listening, just head over there if you want to do a session. And then I also have a membership group that opens up every November, December for the following year. And then of course the hypnotic arts training and my podcast. You got a few things a going on. Yeah. And <laughs> the podcast, if you haven't listened to it before, um, Meredith and I are on there like once a month-ish yeah, talking lots. all sorts of astrology and self-care and practices and and truly like the embodiment of what we're talking about right now, like bringing it all together. So highly recommend all of those episodes as well. It's so Thank fun catching up with you too. Oh, it is. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. Thanks to Gina and Meredith, as always, for their amazing insight, for being the best. If you want to learn more about them, check out the show notes. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at, at Yoga Magic Podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>